It's often understood that as times change, so does technology. And so we find new ways of doing old things. For example, communication isn't new, but with today's technology, we have countless ways of doing it. Few letters are being mailed today, but hundreds of emails are sent in a single day. Shopping has shifted from a physical experience of entering a storefront to scrolling on a web page and clicking items into a virtual cart. And even then, some online stores pride themselves on a personal experience, trying to get back to the human interaction that was so characteristic of the shopping experience in the past. But what about ancient institutions like the church? Many churches were already live streaming their services online even before the pandemic. But when the lockdowns happened, all of that went into overdrive. Churches that already had an online option were prepared, and other smaller churches had to think creatively about how to minister to their congregations online. But all of this did not come without its growing pains. Questions, doubts, and concerns about the viability of online church were brought to the forefront of ecclesial conversations. In this episode, we ask, what do we do about virtual church? Where does the church go from here? All that and more on this edition of the podcast. We're a forum for discussion on the issues that are ruminating in the minds of churchgoers, but that are often not raised from the pulpit. Too long has the church shied away from grappling with tough questions and nuanced issues. We're your hosts. I'm Riker Zalameda. I'm Lucas Manning. Welcome to Questions from the Pew, where faith and culture meet. Some of the episodes, feel free to go back. It's good stuff, I'd say. Yeah. I think it was good stuff. <laughs> yeah. It was a, yeah, it was a stretch. I think you'll probably hear, particularly in our, in the episode that came right before this, some maybe waffling, if I can use that word. Just sure. going back and forth, like, just, I think it's reflective of the kind of the tough situation that sure. everyone was in. And it, yeah. Yes. Well, and we're not here to be prescriptive, so we're not here to say this right, view true. is the right view. But we are here to just point Certainly at, not. or at least I'm here to point at, you know, issues observations. that I see. Yeah, observations and issues. Yeah. And then you you do with those whatever you want to do with them. Yeah. First step is diagnosis. Yes, agreed. All that All to right. say, shall we dig in? Let's dig in. All right. This, we're probably going to get a little bit more. A little bit more pres- prescriptive in this. Yeah, this um, is as prescriptive episode. as we will be. Yeah, but prescriptive in the sense that, like, we both, we've said in the in the past, we both are committed to the church and are committed to see it flourishing. Um, Agreed. So, we do it from a place of love and I think hope. Agreed. All right, let's jump into question one then. What do we do about virtual church? Wow. 
Wow. Virtual church in quotation marks. <laughs> yeah. I don't or I don't know. I don't know if it should be in quotation marks at this point. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> it's just a thing. Well, um, do you remember we were I think we were on a recruiting trip one time together and uh, Yeah, in in days past we were yeah, days. Rec- recruiters for for college. Yes. We were college recruiters. It was a good time. Yeah. But I remember being at uh one of those, you know, one of those showcases or whatever they were called. Um exhibitor halls, I should say. Uh, and they had like a, it was either called like a video game church or like, what? I don't know, it was something, but the, I forget what it was called, but the, the premise was like a totally, uh, utterly virtual church that, you know, there was no, hmm. no gathering, no nothing. Uh, but it's like, you know, basically your church around your interests that you share. I think in that case it was, I think it was maybe called the video game church. I don't know. Interesting. Either way, uh, the pitch was, you know, you, the video game community or whatever is in dire need of a, you know, of, you know, God's kingdom or whatever. I don't know if they would have said it in that, those words, but I'll say that. And so the hope was that, you know, through the, you know, online virtual video game, whatever, they could establish a, you know, a church. Just definitely interesting. <laughs> I think I vaguely remember that. Now. Yeah, yeah. They had like T-shirts and everything. It was a, it was a whole big thing. I feel like they were like video game characters, but then like with Christian iconography <laughs> as T-shirts. They anyway, were which... wearing clerical robes. <laughs> yeah. In. Uh... Yeah, it's just Mario in a in as a a bishop. <laughs> Sims. Yeah. Is that still a thing? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, people do that. Yeah. Anywho, all that to say, this conversation was happening before the pandemic, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but obviously, the pandemic has uh, accelerated talks. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think the pandemic moved that conversation from the periphery, periphery, yeah. peripheral, from the outside, from the borders, <laughs> yeah. to more of a central. Like this is a real thing; it's not going anywhere, um, and we see that we need to, you know, have this as an option. So how, you know. What do we do about it? Yeah. Yeah. Which is a very interesting, and it's interesting that that happened in such a short span of time. Because it's not been, you know, it's not been more than a decade since we were recruiters and, you know, the pandemic happened. Right. Um, So, um, and I guess that's reflective of just the, what did it say? It's an exponential curve, right? Like the progress of technology, Mm. uh, advances in technology. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, it's come on quick, as these things often do. And and obviously, the, well, the thing is with the pandemic is, yeah, like you said, these were cursory conversations being had by some Christians. But then mm-hmm. pandemic happens, you're not allowed to meet in person. And now it's literally every single church has to figure out how they're going to interact with, mm-hmm. you know, an online yeah. forum or an online yeah environment you know yeah or even beyond not being allowed to like those external um kind of um stipulations sure yeah the there were i think what also got brought to the forefront within church conversations was okay there's a whole group of people who cannot physically Mm. pandemic or otherwise who cannot physically make it to church yeah. But they want to be part of a church community. Are we ministering to them well? Sure. Uh, and I think that was um, a helpful thing that came out of these conversations is it really f- um, 
it really brought those it really brought that community that demographic um into the conversation um instead of what i think has happened is neglect sure yeah totally well i mean obviously for the history of the church there's been kind of no way it's if you don't come to the building at least like our services hopefully we're sending people out in the week to you know minister to the people who can't make mm -hmm. it to the church um but like church services obviously if you couldn't make it like i mean even when we were growing up like i remember hearing about like the older people in the church and it's like oh they're not able to be here um anymore because of you know mm -hmm. such and such they're just getting old really um but yeah i mean now that we can it's like we might as well you know include them in the services which is yeah kind of nice i guess that's a positive yeah i do think it's a great option in most yeah. instances if they're done well um, sure and that's a big if i understand <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah sure but i think for the most part um yeah i think for the most part it's a it's a great it's the church has always been kind of um how do I put this? The church has been historically, um, I think, really good at kind of using technological advances to um, to positive ends. So, sure. um, I think historically of Martin Luther, right, the invention of sure. the printing press, or even before that, you know, yeah. the, the Bible, like before the printing press it was not only logistically um very difficult to mass produce copies what we have before the printing press were manuscripts right written by hand yeah scribes um, tedious work over long periods of time not even of just writing and writing correctly and copying the text correctly but the preparation of the materials on which the text was written took a really long time especially once you get to to the parchment side of things and using animal skins that's a whole process in and of itself sure but then that whole process gets you know condensed by the printing press and all of a sudden you've got the ability to mass produce accurately um the you know this this text and other texts um and so it's not new or sure kind of the church to take on these technologies. So Yeah, agreed. Um I understand that there are some pockets in the American church who kind of um poo-poo that idea of you sure. know virtual church. But I think it's a it's a good option. And it's one that uh, it's obviously not going away. So yeah. if we want to maintain a level of we talked about this before, but like influence within society sure um and i guess relevance um then we need to think you know critically about how are we going to use um totally. this new option totally
agree 100% with what you're saying. But and and then like I guess the the tough thing is that these technological changes or like, you know, advancements, they always have they always have an impact in some way. A lot of times in ways that you could never imagine or, you know, the person who came up with them or implemented how they're being used wouldn't have thought. Like, so, for instance, the printing press with the Bible. Obviously, it's incredible that the Bible could be this widely spread and that people can have personal Bibles. But then what comes with that is, well, now I don't need to read the Bible in community with anyone because it used to be you have to go into, Mm. you know, the only place that had a full Bible was some sort of institution like the church or, you know, maybe a, a government institution or something like that. Uh, so you had, like, the only way that you learned was in community with other people. Uh, not to say that that was always done perfectly, especially in medieval Europe, but, <laughs> uh, but you know, the I guess uh, an outcome of the printing press, which is obviously a great advancement and a great advancement for the church, uh, is that now, you know, I can just read this on my own and decide what I think it means, you know what I mean, without any input. Mm-hmm. And I think the same is uh, is true with, you know, virtual church where, I mean, kind of the church was already leaning towards, uh, you know, just shop around for your, I mean, literally that's a phrase where you're shopping around for a church. You know? <laughs> that's, a, that's a phrase a lot of people use. Uh, and so obviously with virtual church, uh, and this happened throughout the pandemic, and I'm not saying it's here, the, here nor there, uh, but a lot of people attended churches that were across the country because it was, well, you know, I have to watch my church online, so why don't why watch a church that has, you know, higher production value or a speaker who mm-hmm. that I really connect with or whatever, and who cares if they're, you know, seven states over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the kind of like the consumeristic nature of the American church has only just been magnified, you know, sure. uh, with the ease of access to all these different, you know, church services. Yeah. Um, so once again, I, I do like, like you're saying, I, I think it can be very positive, uh, but then it also has effects, you know, that can be, you know, maybe not as, as helpful, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Right. Cause the, as great as this technology is, it can never replace the physical gathering of the community. Sure. Um, and I don't think it should, especially with um, if we take into account, you know, early church communities and how those communities broke down socioeconomic boundaries, um, and, you know, all these different levels. And you can only see that in physical community. Sure. Right. Um, and inherently, there is a divide when you go virtual. Sure. Um, I mean, that's why schools are have struggled and are still struggling with the question of online education, right? And if you say online education in some circles today, um, they're going to think, oh, great, real convenient, you know, usually lower cost, um, sure. don't have to uproot my family or move to a different state, whatever. So that's one group. But then if you say online education in another group, they'll almost give you like a weird look like you don't really consider that a real education, Mm. do you? Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's, there's a generally generational thing happening there as well where, yeah, online education, I think at the very beginning um, is, was much different than online education as we have it now. But that, but the advances in our approach to online education came because of other technological advances. 
as well. So there's a lot of interplay there. Yeah. Um, all that to say there's an inherent divide when you go virtual. Psychologically, there's something that happens that there that same level of connectedness or belonging isn't achieved. Sure. Through online community. At least when it when that becomes um, the primary means or the initial means of entrance into like a church community. Sure. It's hard to switch from, okay, virtual and then the physical. It's easier to move from the physical, okay, there's an option for yeah, virtual. Yeah. Totally. Because there's yeah, a foundation I, to, to work off of in that physical community that's, that's kind of undergirding totally. the move into a virtual space. Absolutely. Well, and I think... I think a part of the reason why, um, you know, why people don't see, you know, just being a, a virtual church tender or something like that as a problem um, is because sometimes, like, you know, when going to the church physically is essentially the same thing as going to the church virtually. You know, it's like, well, what am I missing? You know what I'm saying? True. So that's mm-hmm. that's where... And that's why I say, I mean, even before this, I think there was a sense of, you know, going to church is just a little event that you did with your family. And it's like a program, you know, it's it's a your weekly, you know, church show, <laughs> you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And once again, I mean, the, the thing is, it's it's not like I'm not involved with, you know, churches in that are like that. You know what I mean? Because uh, I very much so am. Um but I also go to church and I see people who act like, you know, know what's going on in my life. And so like, you know, you know, it's a different thing, mm-hmm. but it is, the onus is kind of on the member to connect. You know what I mean? Which, I mean, I think that's like a part of the, pro- and this is back to the point I was originally making. I kind of got a little, little loop to loop there, a little sidetracked, but uh, I just, I think our physical churches need to differentiate itself from, you know, just consumeristic culture where you shop around for a church or whatever um, and actually start, you know, providing a, f- a physical community. And like you said, that's uh, that, you know, uh, transcends classes and ethnicity and race and, you know, social situation. The thing is, I just don't think there's a lot of church- physical churches that really, you know, offer that. Uh, there's a few uh, and I've been a part of a few over my life. Um, but, you know, a lot of churches, it's just you go there, you show up, everyone is in the same, cl- you know, same situation as you. And you just, you hear the message and you listen to the music and you go home and maybe you talk to somebody, <laughs> you know. And it's like, if that's what church is going to be, then the virtual church is perfectly a perfect, you know, substitute. Uh, but if it really is a community uh within your local community full of people from different walks of life and different backgrounds. And that's, you know, working towards, you know, some sort of mission in the world. Uh, then obviously that can't be replaced, you know, yeah. it could be supplemented yeah. with online yeah. environments. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. It, it obviously can't be replaced. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. Yeah. Well, maybe that's a good segue into question two then. All right. Question number two, where does the church go from here? Mm. Well, 
And this is where we get a little bit prescriptive. Yes. Um, again, coming from, from love and hope and from a place of wanting to see the church um, yeah, flourish and mirror Christ well. I, I guess for me, in thinking about this question, it was very much, um, I guess, introspective for me. It's like the church needs to ask, how are we doing? Mm. Right. So the goal of a virtual commun- community should be, you know, similar to or as close to the goal of a physical community as possible, obviously understanding that with the understanding that a virtual community can never replace um, a physical um, embodied community. Sure. Um, it can supplement it. It can enhance it, like we said earlier. Um, so understanding, I guess, how a particular church is doing in that arena is is the is the first step for me, kind of like the what I said in the previous episode. Or was it the previous episode where I said like, diagnosis is the first key. Understand where yeah. you are right now, and then you can make steps to sure uh, to change for the better. Yeah. Um. Whatever that whatever that might look like, All right? Because um, th- those qualities of a physical community, you know, connectedness, belonging, hmm. you're not gonna get that same level, I think, on a virtual community, but you can move towards that end in various um, various means, again, to supplement or enhance what's already happening. Um, yeah. And I should say that there, it's no excuse for lower quality ministry. Sure, sure. Um, hopefully that goes without saying, but like it can't be a cop-out where it's like, okay, we're doing ministry with this options available. It's like a, what was that infomercial? set it and then forget it sort yeah, of a yeah. idea you know <laughs> sure it's like all right the website's up live streaming is going live people are able to chat you know on the yes. chat feature we're good to go yes we'll check on it once in a while like, <laughs> yeah. like it can't it's got to be more than that it's got to be more intentional than that in order to do it well sure no yeah i think i think that's fair yeah i think i think my approach to this question was more uh I guess more uh, like the vision for our churches, you know what I mean? Um, which I just, and here's the thing. I, I feel like we've, or at least I've kind of, you know, dogged, I guess like church as a product, you know, um, where you go and you you watch your show and you leave. Uh, and I am dogging it a little bit. Um, but I'm not dogging big churches. I think big churches can actually create like a community if they were focused mm-hmm. on it. Uh, basically it would kind of be like a confederation of a bunch of small communities that all come together for one big church service. You know what I mean? That's like, yeah. Like, and it's the same thing with smaller churches. Smaller churches can have, yes, put an overemphasis on production level. Sure. Yeah. yeah, It's not relegated. Yeah. It's not correlated to the size of the church. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think, yeah, I think it tends, bigger churches tend to put more money towards production. Sure. Just like dollar amount, obviously, because they have Mm -hmm. more dollars. Um, Anyway, all that to say, I'm not dogging big churches uh, or or even churches that put money towards production value. Um, I don't think that that's like wrong necessarily. Um, but I, what I think what I think churches need to do is, I, I guess, start focusing on you know being a church rather than uh, having a church service. You know what I'm saying? And so that and at least I like to think that I'm getting this just for, you know, from the Bible, 
which was, you know, when we look at the picture of the church, it's a it's an embodied community that's sharing all things, taking care of each other, um, obviously reaching out to others who are outside the community. Um, and I think you can do that on a, on a large scale at a big church, uh, just as well as you can do it at a small church. But I mean, to your point, I think it's an intentional, you have to do that intentionally. Um, and essentially create like, at, like something that can't be replicated, uh, in a non face to face environment. And then it's like, okay, once we do that and we have something you know, we have a little piece of the kingdom of God that we're sharing with the world. Then it's like, okay, how do we now leverage this technology to help us do that better? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's where, I mean, a lot of just like how my brain works and how I operate in the world is like, like we got to take care of the underlying issues before we get to the other, you know what I mean? To the other, I guess, bells and whistles, (laughs) you know, the, the kind of add-ons and so that's where like i think if our churches did that um and and i guess a community like that uh which i feel like i've been a part of sometimes but you know a lot of times not in my church experience uh definitely there's been some times and those have been great times uh, where you feel you know i'm like a part of this community and not only am i a part of a community but it's a community who is like has a mission in the world you know what i mean um uh which is incredible um so i feel like if you you know you create a community or an environment that creates those communities if you're a bigger church and you're more of a confederation than anything um then it's like okay sick now how can we support these communities or our one community with the you know the online resources um so that's i don't that's and that's ridiculously broad. Um, I'm not giving a step by step. You know, this is how you should do that kind of a thing. But well, but, you mentioned earlier oh, about. Sorry, go ahead and finish. No, that. no, that go that's on. that's a good place to end it. You mentioned earlier about um, that phrase "kingdom of God," and I think that's a helpful way to. It's easy to think of physical spaces as the kingdom of God, or like when you're physically sure. in. Um, even if you're meeting outside the church, you know, a more theological understanding of, of okay, we are a gathering of Christians and we embody the kingdom of God here in this space sort of idea. I think a helpful way to look at the virtual kind of side of things is how is that an extension of the kingdom of God? Um, and how are we doing, what are we doing to yeah. to grow that and to, um, you know, with the Spirit's help, make that a flourishing mm. part of the community of the kingdom um of god um i think that kind of paradigm shift um or at least being aware that that is a way of viewing um you know what the virtual space is mm. kind of taking stock of that i think is um is pretty key i didn't think about it until you had mentioned that phrase yeah but it really is an extension. Yeah, absolutely. You know, or it, I think maybe it should be yeah. viewed as an extension, um, because if it if it really is going to be a place where you know Christians dwell together in a form of community, then what you've got there is a pocket of the kingdom of God, and so you, there's it's unavoidable to, um, to 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 view it as anything other than yeah. Thank you.
I agree. Until the virtual space is indistinguishable from physical space, which maybe it never will be, but, you know, I don't know. It's fun to think about. You know, I guess I think that the church, Christian, you know, Christian community, kingdom of God has to be grounded in, you know, physical, you know, interactions and community. Mm -hmm. And then, it, you know, it flourishes into those spaces. But mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe yeah. one day it'll be Hologram. like... Yeah, 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 exactly. It'll be like the Jedi Council. That's what I'm saying. It'll be churches. Good. Well, even that, it's, you know, <laughs> I don't know. They're talking about these crazy things that connect to your senses or your brain or whatever. Anyway, I don't know anything about that. Ho hopefully that doesn't happen or else we're all going to be in a dystopian novel, which will be fun. <laughs> I have derailed us, and I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. All that to say, I think what we're getting at is there are a lot of, there are a lot of, um, I think we're both optimistic about where the church can go from here. Sure. It's going to take work to try to do that well. Yeah. Um, and correct me if I'm, you know, putting words in your mouth or if you want to add to it, but, but we're, I think, generally optimistic about where it can go. And at least I know I am excited to see, um, especially when all of this is well in the rear view, you know, mirror, sure. the pandemic that is, um, like how we transition into the normalcy of having this be a, a good option of ministering. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, optimistic might be a strong word for me, I'll be honest. <laughs> Mostly just looking at church history. But yeah, sure. I am, you know. Uh, optimistic in the sense that cautiously, it's there if the church yeah, wants to. Yeah, we could do to, it. We could do yeah, it, yeah. It's there. It's not, like it's, in, it's not like it's out of our reach. Yeah, exactly. But will we do it? Yeah, there's always the choice, you know. Um, yeah, so I'm right there with you. Uh, maybe it's a good time to... Uh, Maybe we can bring all these things together to bear on the whole conversation in a nice uh, in-the-lobby conversation to end things. In the lobby. In the lobby. All right. Well, that was a... I, I wasn't sure how that... Uh, how this series was going to go. But it went... It certainly happened. <laughs> no, you I can't say it didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we did it. No, I think it. I think it. It went well. Um, hopefully, you as the listener weren't tuning in for you know us to say that this person did this thing wrong and this denomination you know did that wrong or you know whatever. Um, I yeah, think we tried well, to speak as much as we could in generalities. Yeah, and just and point at some issues that you know, created the environment for the, you know, the conflict and strife that we saw. Uh, so hopefully we, we talked about that a little bit. Um, and then, you know, we kind of shifted here in this, this episode talking specifically about, you know, kind of online communities, which was galvanized by the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. Are there any themes that you want to want to end the series with? Yeah. Um, I mean, we kind of touched on it. It, I guess it's, and we clarified the whole optimistic uh, optimism yes. side of things. It's like, sure. I guess it's a it's a it's a call to action. Mm. I guess you know it's it's here to stay. This virtual option, it was happening already. The pandemic catalyzed it, you know, even more in some areas, and um, it's not going anywhere. Sure. Um, so yeah, agreed. 
you know, just in as a whole, you know, in society, it's not going anywhere. But then, you know, in our context as as Christians, it's it's a it's a thing now for churches. Sure. Um, and so the I guess my call is to just do it well. Mm. Right. As we said, as we were just saying before, and maybe we shouldn't I shouldn't have said it like prior to the to this section, but <laughs> it's like it's there. It's within our reach. Yeah. And it's uh, it's on us to to do it well. Agreed. Yeah, and with and the help I, of the spirit, obviously. Yes. Yeah, I think the pandemic generally too. I mean, as I said, either in this, probably in the uh, podcast previous, is I think we did get exposed for some of the kind of the issues that we have as a church in general, um, and so hopefully at least at least we made you the listener, or not made you, but hopefully we just helped you in seeing some of those uh, some of those issues that were you know exposed by the pandemic. Uh, and then, you know, at the very least, you can work within your church community, uh, you know, to talk about these issues and, you know, find ways to, you know, not to say that your church is having problems or anything like that, but, you know, just ways to make things better. I guess that's, you know, that's that's what I'm always concerned about is, you know, the picture of the church, you know, being a little pocket of God's kingdom in the world is such a, a high calling and a, and a beautiful vision that mm-hmm. it's like, you know, how can we just become more of that? Uh, and it's what the world desperately wants and needs. Um, it's just that when they look at us, you know, they don't always, they don't always see it. So, um, yeah, so that's all I would say is, you know, you know, look at your church and, and think about, you know, in what ways did this pandemic teach us about ourselves? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and how can we how can we better better be a an impact in our community uh, for good <laughs> rather than yeah. uh, you know for anything else? Uh, so yeah, that's all I would say. Great. Well, it's a good note to end on for our series. Agreed. Um, yeah, starting a new series in our next episode. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do so on Patreon. It's just www.patreon.com slash questions from the pew. If you can't support us financially, please give us a good rating or review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, and that will help others find our podcast. Also, please comment and ask questions. You can do that by following and messaging us on Facebook or Instagram. You can also leave us a short voice message or text message at 312-725-2995. If you do leave a voicemail, please keep it under 30 seconds and tell us your name and where you're from. We'd love to include your voicemail in our Q&R episodes, but if you prefer for us not to, just let us know and we'll include your question in another way and without giving your information. The same goes for any messages you send us on social media or through text. This has been Questions from the Pew, a podcast in the World Outspoken Network. To learn more about World Outspoken and its mission to prepare the Mestizo Church for cultural change, visit www.worldoutspoken.com. For questions from the pew, I'm Riker Zalameta. I'm Lucas Manning. We'll see you next time. Bye.